Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy.
All right, beautiful people, I want to thank you for joining me here this morning on Prison Focus Radio. I'm your host, Nube Brown, here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. You might be listening uh, live streaming on the World Wide Web at kpoo.com. All right, as promised, um, I have Hashima here this morning. We are going to spend the hour with Joka Hashima Jensai. I know if you've been listening to this radio show, um, you will be familiar with him, but we really can't get enough of what he has to say. He's going to be talking about the need for um, social cooperation so that we can heal and liberate ourselves, um, what it really means um, with that kind of work that they are continuing to do inside um, as resistance to this very um, extractive, genocidal uh, system that is really imploding and uh, trying to take us down with it. But nonetheless, um, what we can do to come together in that uh, spirit of social co- cooperation, revolutionary love, and build this uh, people senate while we have incredible blueprints for work um, that we can do to inspire uh, the, um, our strength of unity and really build that people power. So stay with me. And um, again, we are going to be um, hearing from Joka Hashima Jensai about social cooperation. So, Hashima, um, you know, we've talked about this this webinar, this conference that's going to be coming up, uh, Prison Lives Matter and Liberate Our Elders, uh, convening um, where we are going to be, you know, exposing um, or, you know, just enlightening the public to kind of what's going on, the decolonization uh, programs, the uh, the reminding people that uh, we have to take our fight, continually take our fight to um, the international courts. We need to be a national uh, movement for liberation, bringing up the five charges of genocide that the um, international jurists have said the United States, or I don't like to call it the United States, America with three Ks, Inc., guilty on all five counts of genocide. and um, taken to the international court. And we also need to continually let the public know, you know, everyday people that there is work being done in resistance to this genocidal system, that we don't have to take this, that we are being forced into um, uh, complicity of our own oppression. And it's just simply not right. And this webinar is an opportunity for um, us to come together um, in a in a big way to expose each other to another reality that we can create. So I would love to hear your take on that, please. Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, social perspective of myself and those who have revolutionary nationalists like mine is just a little bit different as it relates to people's capacity to be their own liberators. Um, one of the primary contradictions we faced in the past is seeking to ascertain a solution to the ills of our communities outside of our communities, seeking to find justice in institutions which have historically been beholden to our oppressors. Institutions, unfortunately, like the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when we speak of institutions and organizations like the Thomas Infrastructure Mission at George Jackson University or uh uh the 13th, Red Arcade Voices, uh Liberate Elders campaign. When we speak about these institutions and efforts, we're talking about institutions and efforts which are focused on solutions. Mm-hmm. They are focused on transforming the nature and structure of society. Uh, if that's true, if it's true that we live in a racist, fascist society, if it's true that the international order has been structured around the global capitalist construct, if it's true that the system of global white supremacy is the most dominant power system currently on this planet, if it's true that the primary institutions which exist are institutions that exist to perpetuate the continued existence of the very systems we seek to destroy, if that's true, it would be irrational for me to seek a solution from those very institutions. Would it not be? Absolutely. Okay. With that in mind, the approach of brothers like myself has always been and will always be true power lies with the people. Right. It's just an unrealized power because we have been so thoroughly orientated. We have been so thoroughly indoctrinated. We have been so thoroughly convinced that the very basis of our survival is predicated upon our continued participation in the very systems responsible for our oppression. All right. I just wanted to cut in here for a minute. This is a pre-recorded show, and so I have been I'm doing a little bit of editing and, and just listening back. And I just wanted to highlight and just really show um, a deep sense of gratitude for Hashima's clarity and just precision of thought. Um, it's a movie called The Matrix, and there's a scene in that movie. It's one of the reasons why we encourage uh, all our brothers to watch the movie. It's, it's metaphorical. In this scene I'm referring to, Morpheus and Neo are walking down the street in New York City, and you know it's bustling foot traffic, and he's explaining to him what the Matrix actually is. And as he's, he's making this explanation, a beautiful woman in a red dress walks by Neo. And he turns to check her out, and he turns back to listen to Morpheus. Morpheus says, freeze program. And he tells Neo to turn around and look. When Neo turns around and looks, it's no longer a woman in a red dress, but Agent Smith with a 45 ACP pointing at his head. And Morpheus said, this is not the Matrix. This is a construct. But it's here to teach you a lesson. The vast majority of people inside of the Matrix are so dependent on that system, so thoroughly and completely inoculated with the very life processes of this system that at any moment they could become an agent and kill you. I said that to say this. The primary motive force of any revolutionary scheme is to transform the minds of the masses. It's to change how people think. Why is that necessary? George said it best. The vast majority of people in society view life 
view social life through rose-colored glasses. And if you were to remove those rose-colored glasses and let them see the whole reality for what it actually is, they would kill you and get those rose-colored glasses back and continue to live a lot. Revolution is all about convincing the people to remove those glasses themselves. Now, why is this relevant to our current conversation? Why is this re relevant to our campaign to end the structures of oppression, which are responsible for prison industrial slave complex, that's responsible for endemic poverty, which is responsible, which is responsible for the very human suffering that we endure on a day-to-day -day basis? And I'll tell you why. If your social perspective is incorrect, the solutions that you produce will also be incorrect. It's no different than the nature and structure of fascism. Fascism is a product of a warped character structure. If that character structure is warped, what that character structure produces, its systems, will also be warped. This is how you got racism, white supremacy, capitalism, imperialism. These are manifestations of a warped character structure and social order. So if we understand that, and I mean, we don't understand it on an intellectual basis, we understand it on a functional basis, and our day-to-day -day activities and actions will reflect that and understand Unfortunately, it doesn't, by and large. By and large, our responses to our historical oppression is our irrational responses. Some of our responses to our historical oppression is to create new divisions within our own bases of unity, within our own communities. Be these divisions religious, cultural, gang ties, affiliations, uh, political parties. I mean, uh, these manufactured constructs that are designed intentionally to ensure you remain divided. The more divided you are, the easier you are to control, to manipulate, to maintain your connection to the very systems of oppression responsible for your human misery. So how do we break that chain? We break that chain by recognizing one inalienable truth. That one inalienable, that one inalienable truth is unity is power. Unity is strength. Unity is the greatest weapon we do not use. It is the most powerful tool we have yet to pick up. Unity and social cooperation. All right, more powerful words um, and thoughts from Hashima. I'm going to do something a little bit different uh, this show. I'm going to be playing quite a few songs after we get some just some nice, rich um, insight from from Hashima. And um, so we can really just you know, take it in because we are going to be talking a lot about uh, unity and uh bringing the people together and how necessary it is as we get ready for this webinar that's going to be taking place on uh, July 28th through the 30th. So we are going to uh, listen to We Are the Hallucination by John Trudell. We are the tribe that they cannot see. We live on an industrial reservation we are the Halusa Nation. We have been called the Indians. We have been called Native American. We have been called hostile. We have been called pagan. 
We have been called Nelaton. We have been called many names. We are the Halusa Nation. We are the human beings. The callers of names cannot see us, but we can see them. We are the Halusa Nation. Our DNA is of earth and sky. Our DNA is of past and future. We are the Halusa Nation. We are the evolution. Lusa Nation. History is taught us. Just take a cursory glance at the historical record. In every instance, well oppressed people, New Africans in particular, have engaged in genuine social cooperation. They have strengthened themselves. And they have weakened the bonds of oppression. Every single time. There's a flip side to that coin, a dialectic. In each instance where the African National Liberation Revolution was possible, where the potential existed for broad transfer culture, which could lead to gold culture, there has been also a corresponding reform by the system they sought to change. What people need to understand is reform ain't victory. Reform is death. Reform is death to revolution. It's death to social change. Um, the best analogy that I can give you is what we currently see right now in the prison industrial aid complex in California. In the state of California, following the historic hunger strikes, you had a unprecedented wave of progressive legislation, which led to new opportunities for brothers who normally wouldn't have been released to be released for brothers who were languishing in solitary confinement to actually find their way to the general population yard. Some of you may hear that and think that's progress. It's not. I'm going to tell you why it's not. 
entire basis of free our elders, to liberate our elders, the entire basis of institutional restitution campaign, the entire basis of the strategic release campaign, the entire basis of community release boards is that you had a body of new African political prisoners who had dedicated them their lives to improving social life for everyone, their communities first, and everyone else progressing. They were summarily locked away and tortured for decades. Decades. The response of the state has not been to, hey, man, we did something that was horrendous, something that we criticized other countries across this planet for doing, and we did it for a longer duration and on a broader scale than anybody else on the planet. Man, our bad. You know, we're going to let y'all out because you should have never been locked up in the first place. If only you've been rehabilitated, I know that. But, you know, hey, uh, instead they've taken the position, no, there are no political prisons in the United States. They don't exist, even though they are. Uh, that you're going to, it's because of the work effort and work product that you have produced to improve social life in the communities for and oppressed people. That's going to be the foundation by which I deny you parole because I'm going to castigate that as gang activity. I'm going to criminalize social activism and punish you for it. But the vast majority of people in this society do not know that has occurred, that it continues to occur. I'll say this again. There exists no path to liberation laid by your oppressor. Don't exist. Never have and never will. It will only lead you to a new form of oppression. A reform. That's where the word comes from. Reform. Reform it. Yes, yes. But there's destruction that happens first oftentimes. Yes. No right. Doubt. So that which which really quells the people because most people are just, you know, we're mostly just ordinary, you know, people, right? And we are terrorized by violence. Think about this. If I want you to think about this from just a purely rational perspective. If I punch you in your mouth, what you gonna do? You got two choices in that. Well, you got three choices in that in that set of circumstances. You keep letting me punch you in your mouth. You can run away from me, or you can fight back. Give me your three choices. All right. Let's go explore option A. Let me keep punching in your mouth. Eventually, if I keep punching in your mouth, you're gonna die. I'm gonna beat you to death. All right. So that's not a viable option. That's not a life giving option. Okay. It's option two. You run away. But what's going to happen when you see me again? I'll punch you in your mouth again. You see one of my buddies, and they get the one to punch you in your mouth. So run for the rest of your life? That is a life lived in horror and terror and fear. And it's going to create and produce in you social neurotic behavior. So that leads us, it's not viable. So that leads us to option three. You fight back. All right, I might be bigger than you. I might be stronger than you. 
but I don't like getting hit in my mouth. So if I punch you in your mouth and you hit me back, I may be reluctant to punch you again in the future. Don't mean that I won't. Now I'm going to think twice about it because I remember you bust my lip. I said that to say this. We have a choice when we are subjected to historic oppression. George said it best. Who has the least interest in the continuation of the current modes of production, structure of society? Who is doing most of the time? Who is doing most of the dying, living poor, butchered half-lives? When you view social life from this perspective, you will see that it is the poor, the oppressed, the black man, the black woman, those who have suffered oppression, the worst, who will be at the forefront of any revolutionary scheme. You got the least to lose. In fact, you got nothing to lose but your chains. So I said all that to say this. When we speak of solutions, we are talking about solutions which are independent of this system. Okay. We are talking about solutions which are crafted, educated, organized, mobilized, implemented, and benefited by the people, you, without any assistance from the very forces responsible for your oppression. Why is this important? Once again, I'm going to use an analogy. If you have a machine that runs on batteries and you have literally millions and millions of batteries fueling this machine, but suddenly, a new machine is built, a machine that actually benefits the batteries. So the batteries, you know, just burn out and get replaced by new batteries. Instead, these batteries are recharged, refreshed, and they produce new batteries. And those batteries go from the first machine into the second machine. What's going to happen to the first machine eventually if enough batteries leave that machine? It's going to stop working. Gonna stop functioning. And the new machine will continue to function. When you produce institutions that are independent of the processes of oppression that you have become accustomed to, you weaken those processes and you strengthen your own. This is the most basic and fundamental definition of principal revolution that I can give you is building your own institutions. It is coming to realize through social practice through your own liberator. Now, I want to I want to say this again so everybody understands what I mean by that. If you currently in a community that is terrorized by gang violence, ain't nobody coming to save you. If you in a community that is terrorized by poverty and a uh, 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 social alienation. No one's coming to save you. If you currently a single mother that has four children and you're trying to find a way to feed your children to get childcare while you work to feed your children, ain't nobody coming to save you. If you currently living in a community where y'all don't have good, healthy food to eat, there ain't nobody coming to save you. If you currently living in a community where you fear police brutality and you fear 
social death or injury just walking to the normal places in your community like the laundromat, the grocery store, or, or, or the corner store, or the, or, the, or the park, or the playground. Ain't nobody coming to save you. Why? Because that's the nature and structure of the system that you live in. Oh, they're going to come pray on your community. No doubt. They're going to utilize it as a pipeline and continue fueling the prison industrial slave complex. All right. I am breaking in here again because I did ask Hashima to kind of break this down a little bit more so we could really see uh, the construct um, under which we are living so that we can do what we need to do to to break it down. Um, because I think it's okay to look at our society in its in its reality. I mean, we have people... I don't even really want to call him a person. He again talk about a construct. Uh, who is you know building rockets that he can just blow up? Um, you know millions of dollars just blown up, destroying the again destroying the the place where these these tests of these rockets are being built. And I'm talking about Elon Musk. Um, uh, while the the you know indigenous peoples there are saying uh, you're raining down on us. Uh, toxic chemicals. And there are, you know, thousands of people that are homeless on the streets. Millions of our children go hungry each night. This is the place that that we're calling home. Uh, We don't have much in this country that we um, are exporting except for death and destruction in the the form of arms and war, arms, um, weapons of war, war, uh, pharmaceuticals that our uh, people are becoming addicted to, uh, we have the worst healthcare system. So, I mean, I think it's really important to look at these things and, um, again, see the construct that we are under and, and look at it and say, is this, is this really okay with us? And is this, is this the world that we want? And can we, and we can do something about it? Again, that, that building that unity. So I did ask him to just break it down a little bit more because we just can't hear it enough. So. Oh. If it's not clear for anybody listening to the social ills that you see in your community are intensely manufactured. They're manufactured by the nature and structure of the society that you live in. You live in a society where you don't have sufficient economic capability. You must rely on whatever you can rely on to survive. Um, And I don't mean that as an individual. I mean that as communities. Um, you need to understand that the nature structure of your system is that communities which fall into this category, they call them class, they have, they have what's called economic classes, all right, in capitalist societies. Two pillars to a capitalist society is necessary for it to function. You must have economic classes and you must have race caste. And the reason why race caste system and economic class system are so vital, they're necessary, they're needed, they must exist in a capitalist society is to ensure that those who own the means of production can have buffer zones between them and those they exploit, right? They have to ensure that these classes do not begin cooperating with each other. So to preclude broad class cooperation, they create something called racism. Racism is a construct designed to ensure certain people don't get to working with other people and they have the same class interest against their interest. You dig? So it is a... It's a mechanism of social control. Now, understanding that just only negates the reality of white supremacy. White supremacy is entirely it's a power system. It utilizes racism to perpetuate 
continuous existence. All right. So that's a little bit more complex. But these systems are interconnected. Racism came into existence by capitalism. That is his origin and ideology. The term race didn't even come into it being into the 1700s when bourgeois, uh, uh, when bourgeois power structures began to replace uh, autocratic uh, uh, nobility when they started overthrowing them cats. Um, and they needed for their system to function, they need racism to become, to exist. All right. So I said all that to say this. Your institutions of education are structured the way they are in communities which are underdeveloped for a reason. Your communities are underdeveloped for a reason. That's not by chance or happenstance. It's by design. So you don't understand this. You live in the United States of America. You live in a nation that has resources which, relatively speaking, are virtually unlimited. If they wanted to ensure that you had a clean community with good education, good food, you could do it. Where your children, your children, understand something. Children, yeah. Your, your kids, the, the social attitudes of your kids are a reflection of their social conditions. Now, you don't control your social conditions. Somebody outside the community controls your social conditions. If somebody outside your community controls your social conditions and in turn controls both your attitude and the attitude of your children, that ain't your kid's fault. It ain't your fault. And at the same time, it's both. It is your fault. It is their fault. I'm saying that to say this. One of the primary problems that we continually face is we point out the contradictions of our oppression without pointing out the solution to it. I expect that fascist to be a fascist. I expect that racist to be a racist. I expect that capitalist to be a capitalist. That's what they is. I have no illusions about what who what they are. I expect them to create social conditions in my community. My community begins turning on it, turning in on itself. They have been conditioned us over the course of centuries. Produce this very psychology. It's not by chance, have chance by design. Expect that out of Where the contradiction comes in, it's all response. Mm -hmm. No, we can't control them being racist. We can't control them being fascist. We can't control them being uh, uh, capitalist, greedy, uh, uh, anti-humanistic dogs. We can't control that. We can damn sure control our response to it. Can you expound upon that a little bit more? Because one of the things I think that we're really good at, though, is blaming ourselves and not being able to see the enemy. Oh, I want you to really, really dig what I'm going to say, right? And, and, and the reason why this is so vitally important is for so long, man, people have spoken to our people's weakness and not their strength. Understand, mm -hmm. we're the same people that endured. 296 years of shadow slavery to survive. Understand from the slave system was designed for us to be exterminated at the end of that process. Do y'all understand? It was a genocidal system. We weren't supposed to survive that. We were never supposed to be integrated in the United States. We were supposed to be dead by the time they produced sufficient capital to start the Industrial Revolution. We weren't supposed to survive. We did. We are the same people that built the very foundations of human civilization. 
Yet we can't keep pointing back to the pyramids, but we could be building 21st century pyramids, not to mean you right now. Physical residual, body made of minerals, proteins, dope fiends, walking with a slow lean, rise up, time to refine your reality, destined for greatness, not born to be a casualty, bodies of a malady, operate from the spirit, mellowed out the groove, so the party people feel it, and still get the jewel, music is a tool for enlightenment, instead of fighting fists, I'ma strike with this, pen is mightier, use it as a sword, my ogoons hold it down, ensure the empress is secured, rest assured, after trials been endured, prevention beats Pure, intentions ever pure, notorious lyrics off and on like a light switch. Tuned into the right pitch, passion what I write with. Peaking the frequency, frequently freaking me. Universal law of give and take it equally. Kofa by Star, and we are going to continue our conversation with Joka Hashima Jinsai. I'm, I mean, I can't say this enough. You're powerful. You're strong. Yep. yep. You can win. You can fight back. These motherfuckers ain't invincible. They believe just like you. Same way they built this system of exploitation, you can build a system of liberation. So when you hear me speak on our lack of rational response, to our conditions of oppression, 
this ain't to, you know, punch you in your mouth and kick you while you're down. No, no, <laughs> not you. Yeah. No, no, it's the opposite of that. I want you to understand your power. There exists no power in this world. I don't care what it is. It's more powerful than the power of the people. It don't exist. We proved it time and time and time and time again. But it seems as though as soon as we get a victory, Take our foot off the gas. We start fighting. We somehow think we free. You ain't free. Not free. That victory you won ain't a victory. It's reform. It's designed to get you to stop fighting. It's designed to get you to stop building. It's designed to get you to continue to think within the confines of the dominant power system. Understand something. In order to be truly free, you have to be able to think beyond the confines of the dominant power structure. What I mean by that is, how many of us can genuinely think outside of U.S. capitalism? You know what I mean when I say that? I mean, how many of us can think in terms of abandoning consumer materialism for collective work responsibility, cooperative economics? How many of us can stop going to the grocery store and court and instead Build your own store in your community, the collective of your own people, and you spend your money with yourself. With food that y'all grew in y'all collective community-owned gardens and urban farms. How many, well, how many of us are even thinking in these terms? Exactly. The reason why I say this is because not thinking in those terms, that really ain't your fault. I'm just keeping it 100 with you. You've been orientated not to think that way. Mm-hmm. You've been orientated to think in terms of I and me, not us and we. You mean, that's not by chance a happenstance. It is an engineered psychology designed to make your people, your collective, your race caste and economic class weak, easy prey, easily controlled, easily manipulated, easily turned on one another. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's purposely done. Now, if you're ignorant of this, you don't know what it exists, how can you defend yourself against it? But here's the dialectic. If you do know it exists, if you are aware of it, if you do have that information, if you are conscious that this is occurring to you, failure to fight back is an irrational response. In fact, you tacitly supporting it by failing to resist against it. What I'm telling you ain't what you don't normally hear from people that's in the social activist movement, and they ain't supposed to be. What you don't hear from men like me is the truth, unabridged and unadulterated. What you don't hear from us is solutions. When autonomous infrastructure mission was forged in the shoe, I was in the shoe when I started developing these concepts. Bouncing these ideas off my comrades, building on their work, looking at the historical record of revolutionaries, left revolutionaries from the past, and looking at the very fiber and structure of social conditions which existed now. That's how I came up with these ideas. You want to know the, 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 the number one catalyst for it was? I was watching a program called Nature. And on that program, episode that I was watching was about ants. 
here is this little bitty creature, small one of the smallest creatures on the planet, that is by far one of the most successful organisms on Earth. And why is that? Why are they so successful? Because ants cooperate. Somebody attacks their male, they attack animals sometimes tens of thousands of times their size. They need to kill it or drive it off. Within 48 hours, that whole ant mound is rebuilt because they all work together to build it right back up. They never starve because they cooperate with gathering food the entire time food can be gathered. They share. Unity is the very foundation of their existence. So I said to myself, how is it humanity in all of its infinite knowledge and wisdom and technological advancement <laughs> has failed to take the example of this tiny creature that exists almost in every community on the planet Earth. What I'm telling you is, Eric, this does not negate the complexities of human life, human social life, which exists, the various layers of complexity. From cultural to religious to psychosexual to, to social, which exists, they don't exist in that world. I did that. But what I'm telling you is the fundamental lesson that can be learned from this humble creature is that unity is strength, division is weakness. That together you can accomplish things which otherwise would be impossible. We are social creatures. Humans are social creatures. Yet, the system has been produced which has us, especially those of us who come from cultures where we have traditionally been cooperative. It has us psychologically up in the head to where our responses are irrational. While our very motivations in life are irrational. When we speak of liberate parish voices, liberate our elders, prison lives matter, what we're talking about, what we're really, really talking about is the origin and ideology of the prison industrial slave complex we seek to destroy. You are not going to destroy the PISC if you do not destroy its foundations. All right. I am going to leave it there and make this a two-part series for this particular conversation. And I hope that you have enjoyed what you've been listening to from Jokahashima Jinsai and that you will come back next week so you can hear part two when he really gets into a lot of the work uh, from the Autonomous Infrastructure Mission and um, one of its initiatives, the Sustainable Agricultural Commune. I encourage you to go to his website at Autonomous Infrastructure Mission, all one word, dot com and um, really check it out. It's a new updated website and it's just uh, beautiful and you can find out about the various initiatives and work again that he is doing uh, with uh, people out here. So, um, and hopefully we will be able to get uh, one of those initiatives started um, 
right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we'll be looking at that. Okay, so I did want to read um, a piece that, a part of a piece, Reflections and Thoughts of the Organizing uh, Committee that uh, Kwame Beans Shakur put together. So like I said, over these uh, next a couple of months, we are going to be focusing on this uh, webinar uh, conference that's going to be taking place July 28th through the 30th um, of this year. All right, so Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders Continuing Their Cage of Genocide, of Their Charge of Genocide, Reflections and Thoughts of the Organizing Committee by Kwame Bean Shakur. Quote, no one will undertake to aid us unless they sense the power of our movement. It is blacks who must play not only the role of liberating the black colony, but also the leading role in the liberation of the whole city-state. To expect that someone else will take the full responsibility for our own liberation is suicide. George Jackson in Blood in My Eye. As always, I come in the vision for self-determination, national liberation, the release of all political prisoners and prisoners of war, and the abolition of legalized prison slavery. We are witnessing the manifestation and implementation of that vision through the concrete work and tangible infrastructure that is being laid down by a number of organizations and formations within the overall movement, both inside and out. The call to organize the Prison Lives Matter Liberate Our Elders webinar and panel discussion for July 2023 is part and parcel of that work. These panel discussions are being put in place to establish a national agenda and strategy as we turn theory into practice and action. On March 3rd, 2023, a Zoom call was held to develop an, organiz an organizing campaign for the panels. I believe I can speak for more than myself when I say that it was an extremely motivating and encouraging and encouraging for those in attendance to see and hear such a large number of our leading thinkers, organizers, and strategists come together in that space. Some of those sisters and brothers have been freedom fighters on the front lines in our struggle for far longer than I have been on this earth. It has long been understood that the new African nation black community here in the U.S. isn't monolithic. However, that call proved that we can overcome generational, ideological, geographic, and religious gaps of differences in solidarity, and a collective consciousness can move this struggle forward. I want to further clarify that the aims and objectives are going into into this webinar and panel for those who attended the first call or those who will come on board in the coming months. We don't want any confusion or misunderstanding that would limit the overall agenda and participation based on the title, PLM, Liberator Elders. PLM is a united front for pris political prisoners and POWs, prisoners of war, politicized individuals, outside formations or campaigns who are working in unison to educate organize and establish infrastructure with the overstanding that there is no separate struggle between the prison movement and our overall movement against racism, capitalism, imperialism. This united front and its structure is the result of a, of a concrete study and analysis of the past 50 plus years and in doing so, we learned from those who led the struggle at the highest level during the high tide of the 60s and 70s, where and how the revolutionary movement failed due to a lack of cadre development, as well as knowing and maintaining a line. PLM, while maintaining the aforementioned anti-racist, anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist line, line is also not a monolithic body. 
the individuals, organizations, and campaigns that make up the PLM National Coordinating Committee range from new African revolutionary nationalists to intercommunalists to anarchists. As United Front, PLM, and many organizations and individuals within the NCC, as well as general members inside and out, are part and parcel of, or do overlapping work with, Spirit of Mandela, New African Independence Movement, Front for the Liberation of the New African Nation, Frolanon, Jericho Movement, the People's Senate, etc. At the same time, each individual organi organization and campaign united under the PLM umbrella operate under their own autonomy and may have their own programs or initiatives. PLM is about strengthening the overall movement with unity, strategy, and applying the proper educational tools to the captive masses to sustain ourselves moving forward. PLM is not simply for about prison industrial slave complex, the PISC. Here again, we understand that this form of modern-day slavery is only one of the many arms and functions of the capitalist of capitalism, colonialism, national oppression, fascism, white supremacy, and genocide that we are fighting as a whole oppressive body. Therefore, we use this united front in unison with the aforementioned outside formations in order to use our body as a whole to dismantle and decolonize from the above forms of colonial rule. With all that being said, this webinar and panel discussion is not solely based on the issues around prisons or the Liberate Our Elders campaign. That is why, on the March 3rd Zoom call, Jalil Muntakim spoke on the function and significance of the People's Senate, and Sekou Odinga explained the purpose of the 2021 International Tribunal on how we can move forward with the guilty verdict of genocide against the U.S. Clinical psychologist uh, Dr. Amber Seiler spoke about the psychological effects and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, that we suffer from as a result of colonial violence. All right, that is just a, um, a segment of this Thoughts and Reflections. So again, come back next week. We are going to go out of here with another song, one of my favorites by Stephen Marley. All right, um, and that is our show. Um, thank you so much for coming and being here this morning, and I really do hope that you're feeling motivated uh, to attend this webinar. And um, But again, mark your calendars, all right, and get to supportprisonlives.org. Uh, check out that website and the Spirit of Mandela. Uh, org uh, to find the um, it, more information about the People's Senate there. Stay tuned for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. We're going out with Made in Africa by Stephen Marley. Scholars and scientists now concede that Africa is the birthplace of mankind. Africans were the first builders of civilization. They discovered mathematics, invented writing, developed science medicine, religion, fine arts, and built the Great Pyramids, an architectural achievement which still baffles modern science. The 225th Emperor, Emperor, direct descent from Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, Sheba, he is the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah, the name Haile Selassie means power of the Trinity. Of the Trinity. Educate yourselves of Africa To liberate yourself, Africa Keep your heads up high
Africa. Africa. 